0: Yo, it's James from Cinemassacre, and I'm back on Discography Discussion.
1: Yeah! And if you believe the haunted world of El Supervisto is digging through the ditches and burning, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. James Rolf from Cinemassacre returns to talk about some Rob Zombie. But before we get into that, I want to say thank you to everyone who's listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on TuneIn Radio. So if you have an Amazon Echo product, you can say to it, Alexa play the latest episode of discography discussion and she will we're also on facebook and on twitter at discuss metal be sure to like favorite and subscribe it really helps us out it lets us know you're listening and leave us five star reviews everywhere you can itunes stitcher google play youtube give us a thumbs up we appreciate that it lets us know what we're doing and it lets us know what we can do better just for you ladies and gentlemen the super beast James Rolfe on discography
2: discussion.
0: Hey. hey, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Good. How's it going? Welcome back. Oh, thanks. It's
2: probably a little bit nicer not being in the middle of the night this time.
0: Oh, okay. I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was fun though.
2: Yeah, it was. That's a beautiful wall behind you, by the way.
1: It
0: yes. is.
2: It is time. It's time. time. For, oh, time for you know. You know I know what it's zombie. time for. Can I have a bucket, please?
3: We have, we have another guy
2: here holding a bucket for us. Yeah,
3: we took your advice, <laughs> so now we got you know, whenever it's time to take care of business from off stage. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so far, that's still my favorite part of any episode. I love that yeah, that yeah. piece of trivia you gave us. That was fantastic.
0: Yeah, did you ever find what uh, what documentary it was?
3: No, no, I, I did not. But uh, I have
0: to look into that for you because I probably have it. Still, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh,
1: James. How was your Christmas?
0: Oh, good. A lot of lot of toys to play with. Lots of uh, kids' toys to put together. Uh I'm I'm lucky. My my
3: toy putting together was putting together an Oculus Rift for my kid.
0: Oh yeah. 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 But for it, your
2: kid.
3: Yeah. For my kid. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs>
2: just just for your kid.
3: Yeah. No, I'm serious. It's in his room, so <laughs> he must mm. have a huge bedroom. Uh, yeah. We totally redid his bedroom. There's like three pieces of furniture in there, and one of them is his computer desk. <laughs> Well, James, you
2: might appreciate this. I got a, uh, I was gifted a Betamax player. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never had one. Uh, I have a few Betamax tapes that I bought wow. probably by accident, you know, um, not wow. knowing what they were.
0: It's 2017. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, so now it's time to go. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, I think I got to clean it. I'm not even sure if it works. The thing's so freaking huge. Mm-hmm. Probably, that I, didn't, I was like, I can't even take this home because I, I have nowhere to put it.
0: Wow, but yeah, they're really noisy, too. Yeah, yeah, they
2: are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've this all, all this month we've been doing uh, nothing but industrial bands. And even though Zombie wasn't industrial for his entire career, I feel like there's enough of it to make it work. Yeah, I'd say there's
3: four definitive albums that you could comfortably put into a, some form of industrial.
1: You at least have industrial elements on the albums. All I know is at this one point in the mid-90s, I found this album called Hellbilly Deluxe and i listened to it i think 20 times in a row cuz i was just trying to figure out where it came from and in my non observant youth i had no idea this was the same guy that did white zombie who did thunder kiss 65 and then all i heard was movie references and a amazing album artwork and
2: I like Rob Zombie a lot. I'm sorry, <laughs> I really, really like Rob Zombie. Uh, so, James, what uh, what is your personal history with Rob Zombie? Well,
0: you know, my personal history. I guess since you since you put it that way, uh, I guess you'd find this interesting. Is that uh, my first near running with White Zombie was? Um, uh, I was a, uh, a child at the time. I did, didn't even know this happened, so I was not. I wasn't aware of White Zombie until I was a teenager. But at one point, White Zombie played a strip club that was right down the street from where i lived and all these years later um i, 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 I discovered this uh as an adult and was like oh my god like, first of all not even knowing that that was a strip club because like you know your, your parents keep you away from that kind of thing <laughs> when you're a kid. Sure. There was like a, a tattoo place and there was a strip club and white zombie played there and um i remember hearing things about it uh uh, as i grew up like just knowing people who knew somebody who went or something and i didn't know anything about like i didn't even know about like metal music i wasn't really i was kind of sheltered from that thing i mean i was into van halen and white white snake um stuff like that but uh it was probably like just around the same time i got into metallica uh, i got into white zombie and um uh had less exorcisto and uh astro creep and then uh, when Rob Zombie, when, when he went solo and had Hellbilly Deluxe, I was like just completely on board. And that was the first one where I just jumped on was like, this is the best thing I ever heard in my life.
3: <laughs> my first introduction to solo stuff, I think was besides like radio play was, I think it was, was it Gran Turismo it was the first uh, game that his music was in.
0: Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, there's a lot of them though.
3: Yeah, it was either Gran Turismo or Gran Turismo 2, I forget which one. And. uh that was like my total introduction and that that i I was just like because you could actually you could actually make your own playlist of the songs that were in the game and i was like yeah i i'm i'm digging this Dracula, i think it was it had to be on a car racing game yeah Yeah, i'm pretty (laughs) sure it was Dracula, but
0: yeah it makes sense actually now you bring that up uh, the soundtracks and movies that's a good way there's just so many movies that their soundtracks are in
1: he did that he was in uh WWF, it was WWE at the time, but he did a couple remixes for them. I know his albums essentially the second half became the soundtracks of the scores for his movies. Did you ever notice <laughs> that in all of his videos he's driving a car?
2: Yeah, Rob Zombie loves Cuz you cars. mentioned
1: the car racing thing and I I, I just was thinking <laughs> back. Never gonna stop Super Beast drag he's always driving a car.
2: Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't know cars were <laughs> I didn't know cars were metal until I heard Dragula you know <laughs> and i was like holy shit i have been living my a lie because i have never dug through the ditches or burned through the witches or slammed in the back mm-hmm. of my dragula you know
3: i <laughs> always so, so. i guess it's more rock but i always associated zz top with cars when i was a kid oh yeah you know they had that what was it that car yeah, yeah it was at a 34 ford that they chopped or something like that that's pretty slick
0: sammy hagar Yes, yeah,
3: absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
1: I always thought of Rob Zombie as rock more than metal, just because he talked about being in White Zombie, and he claimed in an interview he did with MTV where, that he was the reason that the band went the groove direction. So the Thunder Kiss '65, all the uh, the and sexy sounds album he says he he was the reason that the groove got added and that just went on into his solo stuff but his solo stuff just seemed bigger and more electronic and a little bit more of a stage show than just a band playing on stage which i remember from was it bill and ted that he was playing in a nightclub dan with white zombie
2: i don't know if it was bill and ted I it's been a long time since I saw that movie, but. So um, oh many movies and stuff. It's like. I know. Well, I'm trying to think of any movie I've seen in a strip club, where there's a band playing, because that was, you know, because I, I feel like there were a couple of movies where, ro- where a uh, white zombie at least was playing in a club, because I remember this scene, and I think it was from RoboCop, or maybe it was Rob- was it RoboCop two? <laughs> yes. I can't remember. It was a RoboCop two. Okay, yeah, where he goes into a nightclub and like everybody's dancing and White Zombie's playing, and he just grabs the guy and pulls him out of there, <laughs> like doesn't <laughs> say anything to him, <laughs> just pulls him out of there. Um, I'll have to see that again. though. Yeah, it's there was a lot of it seemed like there was a lot of exposure, and it's weird because I heard about Rob Zombie first. I wasn't really aware of, of White Zombie before that, and I remember if I had heard a White Zombie song on the radio, I probably would have just thought it was Rob Zombie, and mm-hmm. just not
0: really, you yeah. know. <laughs> I used to just call it Zombie. Right, like, yeah. It was all the same. Like, oh, you listen to Zombie?
2: By the Cranberries? <laughs> yeah,
0: not that <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, they played the shit out of that song so much. Oh, I know. <laughs> I hated that song when, when it was new. <laughs>
3: hated it. Yeah, I used to uh, drive a couple of my friends nuts in the band I used to be in. and Because the, they loved uh, Dolores Sherwood and the lead singer. And like oh. every time that they'd want to play zombie, I'd just like start like doing like a metal scream whenever <laughs> it would come on, and I'd just you know yeah. scream the whole the whole time and act like it was a metal song. And yeah, so they stopped with their whole obsession with the cranberries very shortly thereafter. Oh, okay, <laughs> great but work.
0: I, I think I hated like whatever was popular back then. Like I I hated uh. Like I mean, I can, I can appreciate bands like Nirvana now, but I didn't like Nirvana when they were new. I was just like, this is just so played out. I'm, I'm sick of hearing the same song repeated on the radio over and over and over again. So I would always look for alternatives, and I guess that's where like, White Zombie came in for me. I'm like, I don't hear anybody listen to this, but this is awesome.
3: Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. I worked with uh, uh, some guys that were older than me. Uh, I actually started working when I was 14 and a half legally i was able to work x amount of hours per week with these other guys and they were huge metalheads. and uh that was my first exposure to white zombie was at that job and los sexaristo was oh my gosh that was just like eye-opening i was like this is metal but it's it's got hints of groove in it i'm like i i can dig this this isn't just straight up screaming and uh you know as a as an impressionable 14 and a half year old you know that's that's kind of a big deal
0: Uh, even like watching a lot of movies and knowing where he gets a lot of his sound bites from and like titles and you know lines of uh, lyrics and stuff um, Even to this day, I'm always noticing something else. I'm like, oh, I I, that's where he got that from Like um, you're just talking about like, you know, uh dig through the ditches burn through the witches from a um, city of the, the dead and like I heard them say it in there, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's where he got that that line from." So actually, the, the the actual sound bites, um, you know, like in the, the haunting when he says, "I I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen," and he's at the beginning of uh, Supercharger Heaven. So it's always kind of fun. It's like a fun game to figure out like where all his clips came from.
3: And you can tell he loves that stuff. I mean, he put he, you know, he's so. Some of it's really obscure, some of it's popular, but like you said, i mean he he puts so many clips in and and, and makes it work i just yeah. I think it's really cool that he that it's it's you know metal and hard rock and he's and he's using clips like that because most of the time when you hear clips you know it's either you know like house music or rap or something like that. but I love the fact that he's using it in metal and and having fun with it,
1: yeah, is there one of his albums that you go to more than any other james or? Do you have kind of a playlist at this point?
0: Uh, like either White Zombie or Rob Zombie? Oh yeah, anything he's done. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, you know what, it's really a toss-up between... Uh, oh gee, no, it's it's really tough. <laughs> it's It's got to be... Um, I guess I got to go Hellbilly Deluxe. But it's a close call, like that or Astro Creep or Sinister Urge. I actually think Sinister Urge is a lot of ways better than Hellbilly Deluxe. But the one that 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 came out the right time was was hellbilly deluxe i think sister urge kind of peaked that was like the height of his like production and then he sort of seemed to scale it back a little bit he wasn't um you know sister urge has a lot of those like orchestral elements in it and then um with uh educate horses it seemed like it was kind of more uh a little bit back to basics i mean still had i mean his his basics is still pretty epic but um Yeah, that was when John Five came in the band, and um, he sort of did like a whole, uh, you know, new makeover. I remember the first time seeing him. um, I've seen him live a bunch of times, but I remember that that was the first time seeing the band come out, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is like a different band." And they weren't uh, as dressed up as before. Like Rob was just he like that was the first time I saw him without dreadlocks, and he was just wearing just like regular jeans, and they really stripped down the show a lot. And um, I, I mean, I love John Five. I love his guitar playing. So he really brought a lot of new uh, stuff into the band. Uh, but I do miss the uh, the old production value, like not just the sound, but the, the stage show too. Because when I when I, the first time I saw him was on the Hell Billy Deluxe tour, and I was just blown away by like the the stage design and like the whole thing was set up like he was in a dungeon. <laughs> and they had those big video screens and the robots coming out and the pyro and I, it just blew my mind and I I to this day I don't think I've ever seen anything that that has topped that in terms of spectacle.
1: Well, you mentioned seeing him multiple times. I got to see him most recently when he toured with Marilyn Manson. They came through St. Louis. Oh, and, cool. Uh, John Davis was supposed to appear, and his DJ persona, J-Devil, which is a great name. He stole that from (laughs) me. Uh, But he apparently chickened out of St. Louis, so Rob called up his little brother, so we got Power Man 5000 to open that show. It was amazing. Wow, cool. I have this question. If you've seen him more than once, because I've had the opportunity to see him outdoors and indoors, and I have a theory. Is he better indoors?
0: Yes. Thank Um, you. He likes to complain about the weather a lot, too. Yes! (laughs) Um, Understandably. I mean, I was sweating my ass off seeing him outdoors multiple times. And uh, I remember he said, like, can't we do this in the fall? (laughs) Um, I've I've seen him in the cold. I've seen him in the heat. I've
1: seen him indoors, outdoors, in a hot arena, in a cold arena. And both times he was indoors, his vocals Mm -hmm. were just better yeah and I was almost checking to see if he was lip syncing, but he wasn't. It was still Rob Zombie. And I thought yeah. this guy just can't play outside.
0: <laughs> Maybe. yeah, I mean he does, but he like he he wears out a bit because he he's an active guy on stage. like yes, he's jumping all over the place. especially when he used to have the dreadlocks. I would love when he would just swing the dreads around in a circle. Yep. yeah. Um, yeah, I just l- thought that was so cool.
1: He did come um, out in the Billy deluxe get up with the giant hat so i still oh, got cool. to see that yeah. <laughs> and marilyn manson would go on to tour with alice
2: cooper but we're not talking about that tonight <laughs> well you know joe when you were talking about you know you don't consider it metal and i think it's interesting you'd bring up alice cooper because i think i think with bands like that where it's kind of more of a production almost more so than like a band you know what i mean like you go and see metallica you're there to see the band you know Mm-hmm. Um, but you go and see somebody like Rob Zombie or Marilyn Manson or Alice Cooper um, or even Ozzy Osbourne, you know, you're you're going to see the full theater production. You know, you're going to sit down. You're going to – well, it, I mean, if you have no soul, I guess you'll sit down. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you're basically going into almost a theater environment and watching a full-on production with planning. And uh, I think – I think the line between, you know, if you want to be the genre police and be like, well, if you listen to this riff, this riff is hard rock because, you know, whatever reason I guess you can come up with. But I think in a case like Rob Zombie, it's like it's it's aggressive, it's scary, it's over the top. And I think I think in that case, I think we kind of throw just a broad... Uh, a broad genre of metal over it, just because what else can you really call it? You know, yeah, and then you factor in like mm. the real dirty vocals. I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean harsh uh, vocals, vocals. Yeah, you it's scream just, sometimes. you know, just the aesthetic alone rings metal band, yeah, I mean
3: if, if people are going to consider ghost metal, I mm-hmm. mean, Rob Zombie is a million times more metal than than ghosts will ever be.
0: I mean, they broke have the production, I guess, like, yeah, they broke right the stage show.
2: Ghost has taken up the torch of those kind of bands, I think. I
1: guess in the the
0: back of my head, I
2: I still think heavy metal is different than metal.
1: Where's the line?
0: It doesn't matter. Like the British uh, heavy metal? Yes. And it was heavy metal. Now it's kind of just metal. But there's so many different types of of metal now. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Where was I going with this?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I actually like Rob Zombie because he blurs those lines. I mean, he, yeah. he he takes so he takes what he likes and puts it into his music. Mm-hmm. If he likes it, he uses it, and he doesn't really seem to give a crap where it comes from. And I think that's why yeah, I like him so it's much. Crapful, for sure. Yeah, because it's just he's he's all over the map, but he actually makes that work.
0: Yeah. And he is like a a renaissance rocker. That he's an illustrator. Uh, he's a filmmaker. You know, um, he even like edited magazines. His porno magazines but uh yeah <laughs> um, he, uh, like he's just sort of like an all-encompassing artist when it comes to everything that he really does um it, it seems like the mu- his music is sort of like a mixed media production
1: i think that's what makes
3: um, his live
0: yeah. shows
1: so good how do you feel about him using I- i'm a fan of his films i don't know how much of a fan you are of him james but how do you mm-hmm. feel about him using his own music writing his own film scores and then using that to create that kind of 70s horror f- film
0: feeling. Um, I'm, I'm fine with it now, um, but when it first, uh, the first one he did, um, I remember, well, he, he uses a lot of uh, like Almond's Brothers and like um, I think like Neil Young. Um, like he, he likes using a lot of classic rock that isn't his own and, and uh, Leonard Skinner. Um, so I think it's cool when he, he uses other people's music. And sometimes if his own music fits, then then it's fine. But I remember there was a lot of confusion when his first movie came out, uh, House of Thousand Corpses. Uh, I remember going into it, nobody knew what to expect before it came out. Everybody was like, oh, is this going to be like a Rob Zombie music video? And I remember him having to explain like, no, this isn't, this isn't a music video, this is a movie. Um, and uh, I think he even said that he wasn't going to use any of his own music. Uh, But he did, if I remember correctly Yeah, I'm just fine with it if it fits
1: Yeah, I know he used Basically the second half of the Sinister Urge Got used in the House of a Thousand Corpses Because that has the uh, Has Pussy liquor. The House of a Thousand Corpses Or at least on my version it does
0: Oh, okay Uh, From what I remember, there was only one song on it That was from Sinister Urge Which was, uh, uh, I think the title track uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, right?
1: Yes. yes, it was kind and, of a
0: uh, medley type thing Lister, that just kind of got released later. So uh, a, a lot of those were actually debuted in the film, and then some of them got released on this uh, this 2003 compilation. I remember because it had like it came with a DVD and it had lots of his uh, music videos on it. It was like all his music videos at that time, and there's like a lot of songs that weren't on any albums, um, like soundtrack songs. But now you got me curious because I'm trying to think, like, where the hell is that rabbit song? Where the hell did that come from? (laughs) Uh, Because I know Pussy Licker was on that compilation. You know, you're right
1: because that was from, I'm thinking of the Devil's Rejects that was on Educated Horses. But where was Pussy Licker now that I'm thinking about it? How many times can we say Pussy Licker in this episode?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Are you going to beep it? I was going to (laughs) say, it's
3: not me this time. (laughs) He's the only guy who
0: can, can put out a song called, like, well, everybody's fucking in a UFO. So right, yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, let's talk yeah, about the,
2: the title of that last album, the most recent one.
0: You know, I like the uh, Venomous Rat Regeneration vendor. That it's was the cool. Thing to say. I really loved that album, believe it or not. like I I thought that was like one of his best ones since like Hellbilly and Sinister Urge. I thought oh, yeah. the same yeah, thing, because no John
1: 5 got to just riff and... Yeah. I didn't... When when I saw him live, when he headlined with Marilyn Manson, he actually opened with Teenage Nosferatu Pussy, and I had never heard it. Oh, and yeah. I was like, what is that song? Because I it was one of those where you feel like you've heard it, but you never have. I go, uh-huh. I go look it up, and I'm like, there's a new Rob Zombie record? And then I listened to it yeah. six times in a row, just because, I'll admit it, he's got that. He's got uh, the cover of We're an American Band, Lucifer Rising. Yeah.
3: As weird as it sounds, I love... Rock and Roll in a Black Hole. Oh, I love that one so
1: much. There's three genres of
3: music that I'm huge fans of. Metal, New Wave, and Classical. So I'm mm-hmm. hitting two with the three with this song because I'm like I totally got a new wave vibe mixed in with that. I'm like, oh, this is like the best yeah. thing ever.
0: Like, like I, it, I was, you, you have to headbang to it. Like you can't. You have no option. Yeah,
3: I was like totally dancing around to this this morning uh, in the sh- in the shower because I I have a I have a sound system in the bathroom. Yeah, I know I'm terrible, but I, <laughs> yeah, like I, there's a TV in there too. So is it yeah. seven dot one, Jeff? No, then you're not doing your job.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds pretty damn good. Talk about a record you can't drive in the van with the kids. Any Rob Zombie record? Yeah, I mean... Uh
3: Thank God well, my kids are old enough; it doesn't matter
2: anymore. I did shuffle for the longest time, and <laughs> oh my God, when it's not like because it'll show up on the dashboard, right? Because songs, you know, like songs will show up on your on your dashboard. So it's like you're driving, you're listening to something something nice and pleasant, and you know, and then all of a sudden a song called Pussy Liquor just the thro- throat <laughs> flows throws itself up on there, and my wife is like, "What?" The-? You know, like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: it's Rob Zombie, sweetie. It's okay. Yeah. Coming from the guy that listens to Norwegian black metal, I'm actually surprised. Yeah, but. Like,
0: like when I'm listening Pantera to super fucking hostile comes on or something. Hostile, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Metallica, so what? Yeah. So, uh, fucking, oh, what. so fucking. So fucking. What. fucking. What?
2: When I'm listening to only the super heavy bands that scream all the time, it like doesn't matter because it doesn't. You know they can't understand, understand it, what they're yeah, saying. You
0: finally admit it? Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'd love that, yeah. It's like you just get out of church on Sunday and you're driving and then so fucking what? Or what was that other <laughs> song? He's like, I got something to say. Oh, I your, or no, I killed oh, your baby today.
0: Yeah. yeah <laughs> His most recent one I thought was like half good. Like I, I love the you know, venomous rat one like we were just talking about. But uh, uh the electric uh, witch um,
3: Electric Warlock, Acid Witch, Satanic yeah. Orgy celebration
2: uh shit i know the last uh, word is vendor of, it ran out of i actually think I, I think i actually have the vinyl for that at home and it's funny oh, celebration dispenser oh there dispenser we go. yeah okay i yeah. thought it was vendor yeah vendor is the
3: second
0: I one thought that okay was, uh, it was the second uh, last one good like there was like like half pretty good songs on it um uh what'd you guys think i liked it
3: I, it's it's definitely not as good as venomous rat regeneration vendor but I still liked it. It's back to the kind of a electronic industrial feel to it. You know, mm-hmm. I I love that kind of sound. I I have to admit that I was not a fan of educated horses mm-hmm. at all. I didn't care for the stripped down sound. It, it had okay. a you know it had a lot of country elements to it. it mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, that's that's cool. You know, I, I like the fact they tried something. Uh, there was a couple songs on it I liked, but as a, as a collective whole, that one didn't do it for me. Yeah, but the new one I actually liked quite a bit. It's probably number four on my list. See, I feel like the pacing oh, okay. is off
2: on that record. A little bit. You know, it just I doesn't
0: – Yeah, it does doesn't
2: yeah. – No, well, that – yeah, yeah, well,
0: oh, that record. Okay.
2: I had nothing good to say about it, so I was <laughs> going to say nothing at all. But You're trying to be nice, Jeff, Dan. Jeff sent me a text earlier this week. Saying uh, you know, oh, educated horses, and I think I just sent him back the puke icon, the <laughs> puke emoji on the uh, uh, on the iPhone, <laughs> and uh, I, I just... think
0: I think it
3: partly is because that's just not what people expect from him.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think it's more
3: of that that it's necessarily bad. I think if you could actually, you know, extract the Rob Zombie persona from your mind and then listen to it. Mm -hmm. I don't think he'd be disappointed. I just think it's just we have such a. Everybody wants to hear Hellbilly
1: Deluxe, is what you're saying?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, I don't want. I hate pigeonholing artists, uh, but you know, Rob Mm -hmm. Zombie throughout the years, whether it's been you know heavy or you know metal or rock or whatever, there's always been like a this certain element to his music, and it's it's missing. And Educated Horses in my opinion But it doesn't mean that it's bad It's just so different that it's hard to digest For me
0: it Educated Horses I think just It didn't progress much It, it was kind of like it could have came out before Hellbilly actually Like it could, it didn't really like Because there was like this step up It was like there was Hellbilly Then Sister Urge and each one so, sort of like Just throw down more Just top last one And then Educated Horses was like Okay that's as far as that's going to go Let's go back a little bit I really loved uh, the song "American Witch." I love "Foxy Foxy." I thought that was kind of different. Like he didn't—I like I haven't heard him do anything with that kind of sound. And uh, "Let It All Bleed Out" sounded pretty classic, like classic White Zombie kind of thing. Um, but there were good—there were good songs on it, but it—it didn't—it didn't overwhelm the same way the other—the t- uh, first two did. Right.
1: I—I I listened to that album for the first time near when Marilyn Manson released Born Villain and I remember my review of that was it's nice to hear Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids again and not what he would become because that whole glam rock thing with hard shaped glasses which is a good song but that whole thing he did kind of got out of control and then I hear two artists that kind of were in the same era that did a stripped down record I really liked Born Villain I really didn't like Educated Horses Except for those two songs that you mentioned. And and then, I guess it was Hellbilly Deluxe 2 came out after that? Yeah. And I thought that was a giant cash-in on a
0: name. Yeah, I did not like the title. I think they should have called it um, uh, Cannibal Man and a Jungle Girl. Like, take it from one of the lyrics of one of the songs instead of it being... Because if it's Hellbilly Deluxe 2, you're saying that it's a follow-up to Hellbilly Deluxe. And it really isn't it, It's it's just um, You know it, It's another album and, and it had Again that one had some good stuff on it um, I really loved uh, Sick Bubblegum And What Like those are the two that stick out to me Yep um,
3: I like Werewolf Woman of the SS too it's yeah, a good it's a one, one too yeah. <laughs> how can you not like it with and that it, title <laughs> and that
0: was the trailer that he did for grindhouse also yes it Yo. is
3: and that might be the reason why i like <laughs> it i dude i love grindhouse something fierce i don't know how many times i watched that in the theater
0: one of them had like a surf sound i think it was werewolf baby like there's two werewolf songs on it which uh i, I was kind of blurs my memory but that other werewolf one has like this surf kind of feel and uh it always makes me think of werewolves on surfboards for some reason. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's like that Beach Boys surf sound. Yeah, Beach Boys meet trauma. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that would be a perfect poster for that song. Yeah. 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 No, Hellbilly Deluxe. I and mean, I have to admit, I, I really did kind of feel let down by it at first. See, I always have this visceral exactly. reaction when I first get a record. And I, so, like you said, James, if if I'm getting Hill, Hellbilly Deluxe two, I'm thinking, all right, let's go. And then I'm like, wait a minute! This just sounds, you know, it's educated horses yeah. again. Yeah, it I've sounds been tricked. like it sounds like yeah. educated horses too, or you know, um, but then you and know, vital. yeah. And I, and I get it. I get that part of it was a money thing, you know, like everybody's going to pick up Hellbilly Deluxe too, you know, and uh, so I think I think this record really kind of was a grower on me and kind of got me back into Rob Zombie because I think when I heard Educated Horses, I was like, oh, okay, he's lost it. I'm done, you know, and I just kind of stop listening after that and then uh here i am here i am like you know i think i think i might yeah. be able to dig this
0: i had the same experience i think like that i really loved uh, a lot of songs but but yeah i was expecting a follow-up to Hell Billy deluxe so it's just a, a good album with a bad title and there's a, there's a lot of bands doing that nowadays too it's, it's sort of become a little bit of a trend um like these sequel albums that you know i don't know how many times there they actually are like sequels
2: (laughs) you know you don't feel exactly the same as you did when you first recorded that first album you know if metallica puts out Mm -hmm. master of puppets again or master of puppets 2 it's not going to sound like master of puppets the guitars aren't going to sound the same you know everything's going to sound a little bit off. So even if those songs were written in the same vein or the same manner as the originals, it's still not going to sound the same. Your, a record is unique in the fact that it, it, it's, it is an imprint, a time stamp. It's a it's a cap a time capsule, so to speak. You're mm-hmm. never going to do you're you're never going to be able to replicate the exact same thing again. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. that, that's why I think it's kind of crazy that everybody's kind of like chasing that dream right now. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's not really it's not really an obtainable goal. It's kind of a waste of time. I'm willing to accept a new album by a band like Metallica. Like Hardwired. That was a good that was a good Metallica album.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um Dan, did you like The Unforgiven? Yeah. Did Okay, well, for you we have The Unforgiven too. Right. No, it's not the same mm-hmm. thing though. What I'm saying However, is However, If you didn't like Unforgiven 2, we have Unforgiven 3. Well, what I'm
2: saying is... (laughs) What I'm saying is, though, is that, like, I'm willing to accept a record, like, hardwired because Metallica wasn't trying to tell me that it was Master of Puppets 2. Because you're immediately (laughs) pulling... So, like, in the case of Rob Zombie with Hellbilly Deluxe, it was like, Okay, Hellbilly Deluxe 2. I, you know, of course you're completely amped because we as fans, we always take the bait, you know, no matter what.
0: (laughs) It's not even the same band that recorded Hellbilly No, no, Rob Zombie's it, you know, right? (laughs) So, like, I can understand if they did, like, um, like I heard, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard Alice Cooper did some kind of reunion, uh, album where he actually got the old band together or he's going to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The most recent one
1: was the first recording that the original Alice Cooper band had done in a while.
0: Do you mean um, uh, Paranoia? Paranoia?
1: I believe so. I'm double-checking that.
0: Because I've actually listened to that like crazy. Uh, I love that, that album. But I think they, they uh, got together for a couple songs on it. You're
1: right. Two tracks performed by the classic lineup of Alice Cooper. Hmm.
0: Fireball, is that one of them? Yes. Cool. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite ones on there. I heard something about him doing a whole album, but I don't know if that's, that's true. I could be confusing that. It would
1: be nice if he did.
0: <laughs> yeah, because wasn't there a Welcome to My Nightmare also, number two? Wasn't that like 2011 or something? Yes. Is welcome Island?
2: to My Nightmare, yeah. Yes, Welcome to okay. My Nightmare was yeah. his
1: 2011
2: okay.
3: release. Okay, I know Alice, Alice Cooper as the golfer when makeup, because <laughs> he's a huge golf nut now.
2: I've seen him at Vintage Vinyl before, That's but cool. I was too big of a wuss. I didn't go up and say anything to him. Um, See, I just would have given him the, the what's up kind of look. I wouldn't have actually said anything. Oh, i like, my God, I do you know who, who you are? I'm really weird. Dude, I'm really weird. Like, it's weird because we do this podcast and we talk to people. Um, we talk to people, you know, like bands that we like and, and stuff like all the time. And it's like I have no problem with that. Yeah. But for some reason in, in real life, I turn into kind of the Chris Farley, like, you remember that one time when you cut your head <laughs> off on stage? That was so awesome. You know, <laughs> I like can't stop myself, you know. What Dan is saying is, if he
3: ever met you in real life, he would totally nerd out. Yeah, I'd be like, here, sign all my Nintendo shit, you know? Like, you know. <laughs> please. please.
1: Yeah, there'd be a please in
3: there. Yeah, back on the, like, the sequel stuff, yeah. I think the only, like, genre that can get away with that is Prague. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. because Dream Theater, Coheed and Cambria, I mean, the whole Nine Yards, I mean, they, they make, like, these, you know, these over... You know, ov- overall like huge arcs Between albums and they they tell a story And it's all connected I, I think that's about the only one that I, I can think of Off the top of my head that it's not Overly cheesy
1: Jeffrey do you believe that Good Apollo A Burning Star 2 is as good of an album As Good Apollo Burning Star 1 Think hard before you answer There's only one
3: of the two That exist Right? No there's no. two Get out of my two. house
1: I I, I'm just kidding <laughs> Don't worry no, about no. it I I, I get it. It's one of those, you know, Prague can get away with it because most Prague is rooted in this is the emotional approach we are taking to this album or this is the story that we're taking towards the album. It's kind of like filmmaking. You can put yourself in the mindset of the character and say, I can write a sequel because what is this character feeling now? Whereas Hellbilly Deluxe 2... If it followed the same formula, it would be I'm the artist, I'm in the same mindset I was when I made Hellbilly Deluxe. Yeah, why not? I'll make Hellbilly Deluxe too. I just won't include a song called Living Dead Girl Returns because
2: that's what I would (laughs) have (laughs) done. Well, you know what though? Like I think, you know, yeah, you're right, it was the same mindset. However, you know, you've still he's still had experience. You know, I can talk shit on Educated Horses all I want, but it still was like, we're going to diversify the Rob Zombie sound. And it absolutely did that. Um, So whenever you hear that diversity on Hellbilly Deluxe 2, it's still a progression from what they did before. But at the same time, it's like when you call it Hellbilly Deluxe 2, it's like you want it to be like it it was originally, but you're not going to get that because... You've got time and experience, and you know. I think every artist that's ever released an album ever has the mindset of, "Man, if I could do this again, I would do this differently, or I would do that differently." Whereas the fans are like, "Hell no! Don't do anything different. Don't ever change." (laughs) You know, (laughs) that goes across Uh, everything.
0: (laughs) What What about uh, the albums you like the most? Hellbilly Deluxe. Yeah.
3: Venomous Rat. Yeah, I was gonna say Venomous Rat. Surprisingly, I think. Might be my favorite. It edges out "Hillbilly Deluxe." Surprisingly, I. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, which is, I guess, is kind of surprising, I mean, because it's not the the most popular. But man, it's so. It's got so many hooks. It's so catchy. It's so fun. It really is. I I just like I can't help but not listen to the uh, entire thing.
0: Well, going all the way back, have you heard? Of, oh, are you. Oh, sorry. are You talking? I couldn't hear you. No, 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 no. no, no we're good. good. Take oh, it. Take yeah, it, James. I saw Matt's movement. I didn't hear anything. I think it was like a delay or something, but. uh uh, have you heard like the really old <laughs> Like the really old white zombie stuff From the 80s In passing but I've never sat down and listened to it Yeah it's not really something you listen to Much more in passing I'm I'm sure that there's got to be hardcore fans who, who eat it all up But uh, I, I remember um when, Digging really far back And being complete and hearing everything they did It was more like a, You know not something you listen to That often because it was like it was a little more abstract, like it was... I mean, not that it's always been abstract, but it's, like, really, like, noisy, and um, it... I don't know, how would you describe that uh, early, early white zombie sound?
1: A group of guys trying to find their footing, not really grasping onto something, I'll be honest with you, I've mostly... I've heard it in passing, but to, to me, when I think of white zombie, Rob Zombie, it starts with Thunder Kiss.
0: Mm-hmm. and everything
1: forward is kind of what's in my mindset i'd say mm-hmm. it's like noise
3: rock garage rock kind of sound yeah. and I, that's 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 that the first two albums that's that's what i would call them i don't know if that's Piss
2: off your parents music yeah
3: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. it's i mean it's the mid 80s i mean and it i like how much fun they're having you now mm-hmm. with it and they're just they're doing whatever the hell they feel like they, they want to do. Yeah. I mean, because I can't think of anything of personally. I mean, I'm sure there's other people out there that are more well-versed in in, in mid-80s rock that, that can tell me something different. But I can't think of anything else at that time in that time frame that sounded like them the, that I've listened to no. regularly.
2: And I think that's why— Not in the 80s, for sure. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of bands in the 90s that popped up, but they were, yeah. they were just emulating that sound right. at that point.
3: It's so like I'm cool with it. Sure, is it a dated sound? Yeah. So what? I mean, I I dig it. I, it's definitely something uh, something different, and is I think noise rock's probably the best thing to to describe because it's all over the place and it yeah.
0: is definitely noisy. I really like the uh, the God of Thunder <laughs> cover, um, the the Kiss song.
2: Yeah, that was great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's just an EP with three songs, but that to me that's like the um. That's the the oldest one I think. That's like really good. Um, I I love that cover better than the original, actually. Really, and my favorite Kiss song I think. Um, but uh, yeah, really love um, I really love uh the way they uh you know th- their interpretation of it. La Sex or Sisto, Devil Music Volume One is really cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, um,
0: I would love there to be a uh, White Zombie reunion um, and to, to do. Like, maybe, maybe uh, Devil Music Volume 2, if they're going to do a sequel to anything. (laughs) Right,
3: yeah. Last Exorcisto is... That's as good as it gets. That was my first exposure to them, and it's still my favorite thing that he's done. Like, like all of Rob Zombie's stuff, that is by far
2: my favorite. That is just... Yeah. Well, and it's kind of redundant, though, isn't it? Like, in the sense that if... Like, Rob Zombie plays those songs... Yeah, he still plays Astro Creep. He
1: still plays Thunder Kiss.
2: So it's kind of one of those, like, getting the original band back together, I mean, would be really cool to the people that were in the original band.
1: Now, that's how you do Uh, Hellbilly Deluxe too. You get Riggs and Blasco and
2: Tepesla to come back and actually do it. But I I always kind of felt like, and and I don't feel this way about a lot of bands, like when somebody goes solo, um, but, like, it's weird with Rob Zombie in that I feel like it kind of, like... The Rob Zombie sound was more or less a pretty good continuation of what was going on with White Zombie. I think White yeah. Zombie's a little bit heavier, you know, but, like... It is. You know, I'm not a total meathead, so I don't care about that as much. But, like, it just, it, it you know, and, and you'd go and see Rob Zombie and he'd still play those songs. So, I guess for me, it just never really mattered that much. And that might be, like, total disrespect to the original band, but, like, I just... Uh, I, I guess it just never was something that I was, like... I haven't been yearning for a white zombie reunion because I kind of feel like it already exists, more or less.
0: Hmm. that he's continuing it on. Right. Yeah, I think it's just that they're all... They're, they're all alive and well, and, and it could happen, but um, it's just, you know, every band's a different situation, and they, and, you know, they broke up for, you know, for reasons... Um, even though we might not know every, what all the reasons were, but there were reasons that they're not playing together. And, um, you know, like, that th- they have no intention of getting back together. Although the rest of them are pretty open to it. Um, I, uh, I was at a Q&A with, uh, with the rest of them, and they said that uh, if Rob was into it, they would do it. But but they don't want to go ahead and do something on their own, because it would be like, oh, well, it's weird when you if you just go on you play the songs but you don't have the singer it's like kind of hard to do that
2: yeah and i'm not going to listen to somebody else yeah
0: yeah they're just like i don't we don't want to be one of those bands where it's like oh hey you know we're we're the band but it's just the bass player you know or something you know that that was in their their exact words
1: so you're saying as much as us instrumentalists don't want to accept it the lead singer really is the band
0: unfortunately <laughs> in that case it seems like he that, that's where I feel it's kind of like I feel kind of bad for the the, um, the rest of the band because they developed all those songs and uh, I mean they even said it themselves like they would just come up with stuff and they play it for Rob and be like hey can you sing on this and then he'd be sitting there like reading a comic book or something and be like yeah that sucks or alright whatever that's fine I'll sing on it <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way they you know their, what the process was like back then so I do feel like they kind of are the um, legitimate, um, you know, uh, artists behind those songs. And, and it's cool hearing John 5 play them and everything, but it would be cool to hear the original band do it, you know, uh, once again. And I don't think, like, if, if the situation with them, it's just not really, it's not something, you know, Rob wants to do. Um, but I don't know, like, it would be cool to see it happen, like, once, like, maybe just a one-time show. Or something. I don't know. Like anything could happen. Guns N' Roses got back together. So, so who knows? Maybe. Maybe in 2020, we
1: get White Zombie to play Astro Creep Creep 25th anniversary. Yeah, there you go.
0: Why not? (laughs) New album, Astro Creep 2020. There you go. Yes! (laughs) <laughs> and then we're
2: gonna be on here being like, yeah, it was nothing like the original. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> that's that's what we do. But yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, it's weird too because like all of that stuff—the reunions, the the re-recording of albums, the part twos—as much as I shit on it, like I love it. You know, because it's like it's something for me to do and something that I can be instantly familiar with.
0: I, it just it just hit me now. Like the the thing about how Blue deluxe too, and I, I know we've talked about it like a ton, but. I feel like "Sinister Urge" was Hellbilly Deluxe too. Not just that it was the next album, but it actually like carried it. it kind of continued off of that sound. It was that band, so I just feel like there's nothing wrong with doing a sequel album. Like you can do it, but it should be accurate. It should have. It should either have the old band or have some reason. Because can you think of any reason to connect Hellbilly Deluxe Two with Hellbilly Deluxe One any more than? any other of the albums that you could call hellbilly deluxe 2? not at all they're, they're
1: they're separate entities i i yeah. i agree with that a sinister urge could have been hellbilly deluxe 2 and i would never have complained it would, it's like a good sequel you know no. die hard 2 was just die harder
0: <laughs> if well, Led
1: zeppelin you know led zeppelin 1 2 3 one, two, 4 three, 5 6 good. Good. 9 yeah. you, you know oh, yeah. <laughs> but where hellbilly deluxe 2 you could tell me that the whole reason it's called that is Rob was in the same mindset, and I would say he might be in the same mindset, but the album more resembles Educated Horses. Mm-hmm. So why is it called Hellbilly Deluxe 2 other
2: than... Money grab! Thank money. you.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I like
2: money. Do you guys like money? I mean uh, I love money. You can't really fault him for that. Hey, hey, Dan, <laughs> no, like, can I have some money? Uh, yeah, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... You know, if it was a money grab, it's what's so funny too, because you hear a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts like ours are very much like, oh, they sold out. They you know, they they sold out. They just wanted money. They weren't being honest with. And it's like, dude, I don't know about the rest of us, but like, have I have not been waiting my entire life for that moment to sell out? You know what I mean? Like, you know, hey, buddy, all your bills are going to get paid. Your family's going to be taken care of for years.
0: Yeah, And so all you got to do is talk to my phone. All you got to do a is call this album Hellbilly Deluxe 2. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. Where do I sign? You know? Yeah, a lot, a lot of times I think people assume that all the bands are rich, and probably lots of times they are, but. Not all the time. I think there's probably a lot of times where they actually really have to keep, you know, it's their job. They have to keep doing it, um, you know, to to support themselves. So, so I don't know. You don't know what their situation is like. It's hard to, you know, unless you're them, it's hard to know. Right.
2: right. You know the band uh, Taproot. They uh, we we talked to their drummer recently, and he uh, they were one of the biggest bands, you know, in like the early 2000s, like 2000 2005 and like one of their songs was like the most played song was it in 2003 2002? 2002 2002 yeah it was like the most played song and like the members of that band were making nothing yeah like i he, he i read his i read his book that he wrote and it was like he showed his actual tax earning statement it was like less than a thousand bucks a year for like a oh. band that was touring with like Disturbed and Corn and you know like it, it uh-huh. and that that just blew my mind i was like wow some of these people that i assume are rich or not
3: yeah that song that song was uh, for radio play for rock music was number 2 that year for the second it the second most uh, played song on the radio so i mean it's not like they didn't get exposure they got obscene
2: amount of exposure mm-hmm. How much do you think that Rob Zombie live show costs?
0: Oh, probably cost. I think that's why they scaled it back. It it was probably so expensive to. to, And they also had like, in comparison, like the ticket prices were not any higher than other bands. No, because people wouldn't go. Yeah, Rob Zombie was actually one of the cheaper. Um, you know, I remember like, I remember like uh, at that time. I mean, wow, it sounds everything sounds cheap now, but like fifty dollars to see Metallica and and at that time that was like a, that was that was a expensive ticket
2: it's like 70 and or 80 bucks yeah
0: yeah and rob zombie was like 20 bucks and i was just like like wow you could see this uh this show and it's like got this huge production and um and then you look at uh um like the, talking about like uh rock stars who may uh not as rich as you think like uh lemmy and motorhead i mean i don't know anything about his you know financial life but up until his last day like he the guy was like 70 years old had 22 albums to his credit he's like one of the founders of like heavy rock music and um and he's just living in like this small apartment and you know i mean maybe that's by choice i don't know but he had like a very basic you know living style he didn't live like a You know, he didn't live like a celebrity or anything like that. He was just a down-to-earth guy and um, just kept on touring all the time. And maybe he needed to. Maybe he needed, uh, you know, the money. Whether
3: he did or didn't, uh, what you just described is the reason why he's so endearing to us fans, though. I mean, that's why why we've loved him throughout the years. And the the dude dude was
2: what he he practiced, what he preached, so to speak. You know, Mm -hmm. he wasn't anybody, you know, important. At least not to himself, but to us, obviously. You know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're actually one of the most recent examples I can think of because I kind of put rock stars and filmmakers in the same boat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think if you're on tour, you're not making money as much as you're spending money to make money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember through the production of your film, mm-hmm. everybody talking about how much it must have cost, and I thought... Mm-hmm. How much it cost, and how much money he's not making while he's working on this film?
0: Exactly. Like I, I, there wasn't any AVGN videos for like seven months because I was making that movie. Not only that, but like all the, the the money for the budget, everything just went into the film. Like it didn't even touch me. It didn't even pass through my hands. Like it's you know. Then at the same time, I'm paying for. Two places to live I'm paying on the, the paying the mortgage on my house plus an apartment in LA at the same time drove across country to make this movie in LA and um, and just all the spending of like just your personal life as you're doing that that doesn't count that's not in the budget of the film that's just your personal expenses that nobody else is ever gonna know about though so, it was just like really sunk myself into like a personal financial hole while I was doing that and then you wouldn't even think about like you know there was a separate LLC set up for the film um and that LLC was also owned by me so I have Cinemasker and then I have AVGN Movie but AVGN Movie uh all the taxes that went into that put me in a higher tax bracket for my own personal taxes too so i had to pay more taxes on my own personal uh account that didn't even have anything to do with the movie so it was just like so much it was just this constant like snowball effect just you know you you invest yourself in a project like that like it's going to take over your life it's not a small thing at all it's like taking a really deep breath and then hold it (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Six months
0: later, keep holding it. Hope you still got that air, buddy. Yeah. Look, like,
2: that's. Yeah, it's,
1: yeah uh, it's rough. Great movie, by the way.
0: Oh, thanks. <laughs> about uh, Rob Zombie's films, how do you feel about them?
1: I am a big fan of House of a Thousand Corpses. Hmm. I love The Devil's Rejects. I don't like the way they changed Otis's character, but hmm. I kind of look past that. That those came out at a time where. Nobody was making like a 70s style horror film, but we were all kind of talking about them and especially Grindhouse. I've always gone to Grindhouse. There's a local one here at the High Point Theater that's once a month where you get to see all the glory and all the failure that is Grindhouse I Film. I keep
2: telling, them, telling you I'm going to go and I never go. Yeah,
1: exactly. How yeah. Uh, hey, <laughs> come I've never been invited? I would actually go. Uh, we'll start doing some
2: film <laughs> Just reviews. Just the hired help,
3: Jeff.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's Jake's job to hold the bucket. Anyway, um, <laughs> but the bucket. I remember thinking when I first saw them, these are like the 70s horror films that I watch on VHS, but it wasn't like pandering. It was, let's make a gritty horror movie again. Mm-hmm. And...
0: Totally what he was watching, you know, in the 70s, I'm sure.
1: Well, didn't he say, and maybe I just... Maybe I'm summarizing an interview, but didn't he say, I wanted to make a movie like the horror movies that I like to watch?
0: Um, I'm sure he did. Um, uh, I remember him uh, talking about, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it just... It, totally something he just wanted to make i, I like i've mixed feelings about a lot of them i'm glad he made them like i just love that he has one foot in film and one foot in music like you don't see that very often so I think it's, i'm really glad he's able to like go back and forth with that i i really love the devil's rejects like significantly more than any of the other ones he did and the rest i kind of i'm kind of mixed about but generally uh, I wasn't quite sure what to make of a house, house of a Thousand Corpses, but then when Devil's Rejects came out, I was like, I totally get this now. And then um, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really that big on uh, the Halloween films. Um, there's a few. There's some good things about his the first Halloween movie he did, and then uh, the second one was. Uh, Kind of a mess, but a hysterical mess. So I do get some enjoyment out of it, right? Um, oh, oh Lords of Salem.
1: Yeah, Lords of Salem. I forgot all about that.
0: I'm um, 31. Uh, those were okay.
3: I'll just put it this way: one of my heroes is uh, John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Like, I love him. So it was hard for me on the on the the Halloween stuff mm-hmm. uh, as a collective whole. I'm I'm okay with Rob Zombie, uh, in, in his films. Uh, so, I don't think you can. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I I guess I should just say, as a collective whole, I like it. I like seventy horror films. I like slasher flicks. I like these stupid horror schlock as well. You know, trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, just just give it to me. And uh, the only thing that I had, like I said, the only thing that that I had a hard time with was uh, was Halloween. I love the werewolf woman of the SS. I love that short. I love that. (laughs) I I wish that that actually, like, turned into a full feature film. I would be the first person in
1: line for that. I'll always approach an original idea with more favor than I will a remake. Because aren't remakes kind of stereotyped at this point? It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. you ran out of ideas, so you're remaking Halloween. Well, I want to do my original spin on it. Well, I'm sure there's a place for that, but... I find myself ranking remakes against other remakes, not against the original film, Mm -hmm. where the new Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, yeah, that doesn't even stack up close to the original. But compared to the Rob Zombie remakes of Halloween 1 and 2, Rob Zombie's far and above because he added that gritty 70s thing to it. I don't know that Mike Myers needed a backstory, but no one Mm -hmm. had done it, so why not? Talking about
3: you know <laughs> his movie stuff, I as far as like his animation, I I, I like that as well. Uh, I was a big Beavis and ButtHead fan, so the animated portion that he did in the desert in Beavis yeah. and ButtHead Do America, I loved that. I thought I that really was crazy that, and trippy. Uh,
0: that animated film he did too. Uh, um, oh man, uh, El Phantasmo. Yeah, um, El super Beast, Isn't oh, that it? El Superbeasto. Yeah,
1: yeah. I forgot entirely about that. I watched that when it popped up on Netflix, and I uh-huh. thought, "This isn't really good, but I dig it." But <laughs>
0: you know boy, I, it's like, and nowadays, uh, unless I'm reviewing a movie, unless I'm actually watching it for the purpose of like making a video about it, I forget very easily now. Like unless the movie makes some really big impression on me, most of the time I just completely forget and I seen it all I remember was I saw it and I liked it I was I, me- I remember that much I always remember if I loved <laughs> the movie or I didn't like it but I couldn't tell you anything about it it's just like wow that that was just something I watched one night and then went to bed you know it's just it's gone the memory's gone <laughs> yeah I find that uh depressing that unless I'm writing notes down unless I'm actually like writing stuff it's not going to make it your your mind has to filter out so much unimportant details, or else your head just explodes. So it just
3: right because it comes super flowy. I understand. <laughs>
0: no, dude, we get it. We're smoking
3: mean, like yeah.
2: a true journalist. We get it. I mean, especially with, especially with music, you know, we made the we made the kind of stupid decision to talk about bands' entire discographies. Get up on that mic, Dan. We made the stupid decision to talk about bands' entire discographies <laughs> when sometimes we only have like a week. To listen to it, like if it's a band I've never heard of or something, oh okay. It's like I have to I have to sit down, and like put the record in or a lot. Of, I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of the shit that we do is through Apple Music because if those mm-hmm. if sites like that didn't exist, we wouldn't have a podcast, you know. And uh, so we, you know, if it's a band I'm not familiar with, mm-hmm. it's like I have to sit down with a notepad and pen. And listen to every album and write a note about each track and you know mm-hmm. and that sort of thing because like when we're not doing interviews that's what we do is we just talk about every album you know we're like all right guys let's oh, start wow. with the first one and go all the way you know if the band has like 15 albums it's like it's really <clears throat> Judas challenging <throat> Judas Priest, <sighs> Judas Priest it's we're gonna, doing it's coming up in yeah. January so, oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> oh yeah that one's gonna be a monster it's task. gonna be hard yeah wow uh, I'm yeah. huge
0: on that one though
3: yeah. too <laughs> yeah I'm a I mean everybody <laughs> loves Rob. I'm a huge Tim the Ripper Owens fan. Like I Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a huge Ice Earth fan, so it was a I was so I think I was like one of like five people that in the entire world that were super excited that the Ripper was gonna be with Judas Priest. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah. And then there's that that terrible um movie. Uh, Rock star with my with Mark Wahlberg. That's actually about oh. Tim the Ripper Owens.
0: Yeah, I've heard about that. I've never seen it. Oh, my wife loves that movie. You, That's you, how I you know it's bad. Need to
1: Give that a watch. It's
3: really yeah, good I, for uh, what it is. In
0: an interview with Rob Halford where they said like, "What do you think of the movie Rockstar Star?" He just said it sucked. And <laughs> I didn't know if it, was, if it was like a piss take on on Tim, um, but I don't know. I mean, th- th- those guys. I think they get along, don't they? yeah I think they, so yeah, officially they do.
3: anyway, yeah. yeah I mean like Tim Ripper Owens was in a huge like like that's like his idol was yeah. was Rob and like he I was
0: know he idolizes Halford, but I just wasn't sure how Halford ever felt about um you know the Tim Ripper Owens oh, era. but the ripper is
2: so good I mean you know
0: it really is I mean jugulator is such a good album, and uh, demolition has a couple of really good tracks on it more more than a couple but um yeah, and also there's some some live tracks that uh, Tim Ripper owns, Doug, that is like unbelievable. Like when he does Rapid Fire on the, um, the live Meltdown CD. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like, holy shit. Like, that's actually one where I think he surpasses Halford. Now, most of the time, Halford, he's the metal god. Like, he's, you know, you can't <laughs> beat him. But there are some exceptions where the Ripper really, uh, really brings it. He's got one of my favorite voices of all time. Uh, I have uh, footage of him on my iPhone. Uh, I was at the Dio Disciples show. Oh, nice! In, yeah, it was in Asbury Park, and there was a small venue. And I just remember, like, because I don't, I don't film stuff at concerts much, like you know, um, uh, with I- iPhones. But like, there was this. When he was doing mob rules I was just like I gotta get a, a little bit of this on, on my camera just to show people look how close I am I'm like almost in like the front and I just started recording him and then he, he played to my camera like he just sang to it and oh that's so awesome had, yeah he like <laughs> grabbed this dude's head right in front of me like for, for a couple moments but it was like like wow like he it was just a very intimate uh, show you still have that? I do
1: it's gonna be on YouTube later, right, James? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I never upload my uh, like. I never upload like you know stuff from concerts or whatever. Oh, the the whole debate about how people don't like you know when people have cell phones at concerts. I have the perfect solution. Every concert venue, when they sell tickets, they should just for a little extra charge, something reasonable, like ten bucks or, or something. Just be like, hey, you can get a recording, a pro a pro shot recording of the whole show and it'll be sent to you as like a digital download um, you know you'll get the link after uh, you know to the same email where you bought the tickets or whatever and everybody can just watch the show then. You and don't enjoy it. It'll be very cool yeah. Yeah isn't I uh, actually
3: uh, Pro Jam's done something very similar to that. Really? Uh, one of their res- uh, their tours a while back I think it was really before uh, smartphones were a big deal but you could actually pay and and get a professional version of the concert that you attended. I don't know if it was video, but I do know or that it, an audio, audio okay. version of it was included. Uh, mm-hmm. If you wanted to pay additional. I have heard
0: of those. Yeah. So I
3: and I was like that's a brilliant idea. And I was like it
0: that is and it shouldn't be too much harder to get the video because they have the video screens at concerts usually if it's a big show. And it's gotta go. It goes through some kind of uh, like mixer. So they probably all they need to do is run whatever software on there. And as it goes to the the screen, it's also being recorded. It's like, why not? <laughs> you you right. sound
1: like me at every live performance I've ever done, where I say they can just hook up a recorder to that thing and sell yeah. it. I don't know if it's that easy, Joe. And I'm like, uh, if you can hear it coming through speakers, someone has a board. And the filmmaker comes out. If I can see it on screen, somebody yeah. can
0: plug in a VCR. And it's live edited, too. I mean, they're like, you know, they're switching, you know, the cameras on, like, you know, live. And I know it can be done because I've they actually, some of those, um, some, you know, shows become bootlegs that way. And then, uh, like, when Rob Halford sang for Black Sabbath, which um, I was there, actually, not the, not the first times with Dio, but with, with Ozzy. And um, they, that's actually, like, a popular bootleg now where um, you can get, like, perfect sound, perfect, you know, picture. Um, and, yeah, it's like, it would. I think it would definitely cut down on all the, the cell phones that so many people find annoying, you know?
2: Or make a section for it at least. <laughs> <But> <laughs> the like cell the phone section? Minimum. Yeah, the bare minimum. If you're going to have your phone out, you have to be over here. You know
0: <laughs> I always felt It kind of is like You know the, the lighters You know It took the place Of the lighters the same right. thing and, um, Like I think It looks cool When you're like Looking uh, um, into the crowd And just see all these Like things lighting up I know the problem Is when there's somebody Right in front of you And they have their phone up Then it can be annoying because um, they're blocking, you know, you. But, you know, I think that would be a, a pretty simple thing that should cut down on on that. Do you still watch wrestling? Uh, I, I don't. I never was big on wrestling, but I, see, I see the appeal for sure.
1: I bring that up because there's a character now for WWE called Bray Wyatt. That's his whole thing. The cell phones come out and he calls everybody fireflies. Check that out.
3: Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> It's been a long time. It's been since the Attitude Era that I've paid attention to wrestling.
2: You can skip about ten years after
1: that, and then it got good again.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm just guy of listens to metal, but uh, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's the original
1: th- Super then
2: Yeah, there's plenty of correlation between wrestling and and metal. I guess. Especially if you're Chris mm-hmm. That's Jericho. That's cool. I mean, I'm not knocking it. I just it's not something I'm into. But uh,
1: even Rob Zombie did theme songs back in the '90s, and yes, we brought it back. He yeah, it's like we're going to we
0: ever
2: talk about Rob Zombie again. I mean, I don't care. This is no. great. But, it's
0: a staple of know? comedy. But, but, um, I'm glad that uh, so you picked Black Sabbath and Rob Zombie. So so far, you've gotten all these bands that that I'm like complete on that I actually like have listened to every single thing they've ever done. So I don't have to do that. Like where you guys must do it all the time is you know having to do that. Like you were saying. Listen to a whole discography in a week and write notes and stuff. Right. So, like, Judas Priest is another one where I listen to every single thing they've ever done. Um, Metallica, Megadeth, uh, Led Zeppelin, Guns N' Roses, they're easy. They don't have that big of a discography. No.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Even Chinese Um, Democracy.
0: Yeah. Do yeah. we have to talk about that one? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Actually, I kind of
3: dug it. But. Yeah, you know, it's funny talking about Guns and Guns and Roses. Uh, one of one of the guys I work with, he's in love with Axel. Like, mm-hmm. he's like this this monstrous man, bald head, full of tattoos. S- somebody you would never want to meet. And we, we- since we live in St. Louis, I, you you know the the whole Axel St. Louis history. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So whenever they actually played here, I actually got him hooked up with a, a pretty good deal on tickets, so he could he could go. He he was in the best mood at work for like like three or four straight weeks because he knew he was gonna actually get to see Axel on stage with Slash, and like it was yeah, like
0: that was unbelievable.
3: Yeah, and I and I was like, and I the more I thought about it, I'm like, why the hell did I get tickets for myself? <laughs>
0: And they're still on tour. Like, they've actually come around to Philly like twice now. Oh, so. yeah. that's very cool. Right, maybe. <laughs> I don't, I, it's like, I thought this was going to be like a one time thing. I did too. Um, they did it in LA, and it's like, okay, well, that was that. But it's just this, they're torn. They're still torn. And I guess that's what happens when you get in your, you know, your 40s and 50s out, and you're still making not? money
3: and you've gotten older and you've gotten over the whole, you mm-hmm. know drama of of the whole situation and you're just able to
2: look at the the green stuff that people are willing to give you (laughs) it makes life a whole lot easier yeah i mean i'm in my 30s but like i can't remember half the shit i was mad about at somebody like 10 years ago you know like it's you know i don't really have any any grudges or anything you know granted nobody's ever fucked me out of a huge sum of money or anything like that but Mm -hmm. you know like i just uh yeah. It's weird to me to see these, like, 20-year-old feuds or, you know, and then how yeah. quickly some of them will backpedal on it and be like, oh, that's cool, yeah, let's go on tour for two years, you know? Yeah. like
0: <laughs> Yeah, I read Slash's book, and it's a pretty thick book, too, and it's just loaded with stories, and, uh, and you know, like, you take it for what it is, but, you know, any, any rock star's autobiography, like, what actually happened or not, but... Every the he with well, the way he paints axles, like he was like a maniac and um how how much of a nightmare it was working with him. And after reading that book it's like it was like wow, there's no way, no way ever they would e- ever even like, you know, set foot in the same room, let alone play, you know, on stage again and, and then it just happened and it's like, Yep. That none of that matters
2: <laughs> Right it's like we were saying about the Black Sabbath On the Black Sabbath episode about How yeah. like Tony Iommi and Ozzy Osbourne Didn't get along and then all this It's mm-hmm. like they don't get along until they do Right you know it's, yeah, it's weird
0: yeah and that just went so many different ways. It's like, okay, there were some things said between Geezer and Ozzy. There's things said between Ozzy and Tony. There's things said between Bill and, and Ozzy. And it's just like every which way, it was like some kind of dysfunction.
3: Yeah, every time you mentioned a couple there, Ozzy's name was mentioned.
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot of times, yeah. The only ones i never seen get into any scuffle was uh, uh, Geezer and Tony. I don't think they ever had any issues, but like... Um, Yeah, it's like that was just something where it's like, yeah, that's never going to happen. And then it did, uh, except for Bill. And it was like, okay, then the the one that you didn't expect, um, you know, it didn't work out. And it's a shame uh, uh, that they weren't able to resolve that. But uh, how did you
1: feel about uh, Axel filling in for Brian Johnson with ACDC?
0: Oh, I saw that actually the last show, uh, September twentieth, in, in Philly. It was the last AC/DC show, maybe ever, and I was there. And um, uh, I, I thought it was a great choice um, for like, if they had to finish the tour, if and they really couldn't use Brian, if he he, you know, he had the problem with his ears, uh, or his one ear. I think he's uh, he's going deaf in one ear, and and it's like it was a serious thing. It's not like you know, it it wasn't. Anybody's choice. So, I, and then Axel came to them and said, Hey, I'll, I'll sing for you. That just, it's like you get to see Axel and you get to see um, ACDC. And um, his voice totally fit. I mean, it, he totally, um, you know, had the right voice for it. And uh, afterwards, um, now that that's over and they don't have any touring commitments, I don't think that they should. Um, they should uh continue that way i think what they should do is because all right cliff already left but cliff said that was his last show he's not doing anything else so acdc's i mean pretty much yeah they're down to angus as the only original member now yep right and uh well, even cliff wasn't original original but you know what i mean yeah. right so anyway like acdc not going to be doing any more albums i don't i don't think Guns N' Roses, they're not really an album band anymore. I mean, they did Chinese Democracy, but it's more like a touring act right now. They've shared the stage a few times together. Like Angus, you know, he's joined um, Guns N' Roses, you know, on like a few songs, you know, here and there. So since they've already been collaborating so much, I think they should just combine the two bands, call it Guns N' D.C., <laughs> and just go on tour like that and record a new album, and call it Guns in DC and I'd go see that. Go.
1: I don't think they'd be able to play in Washington.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> I'd
2: get that. I would definitely get that oh on. There.
0: Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Well, you can you can call it a AC Rose if you want. Yeah, AC Rose. That's what
2: Axel wants. I'd buy that on vinyl for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's no joke. Yeah, that's pretty funny.
1: That's that setting up
2: some good remixes <laughs> in my head. Oh,
1: sweet child of TNT. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, do we want to give our final thoughts on Rob Zombie? I mean, I'm not saying we got to stop talking, but uh, <laughs> you know, the train is derailed. Hey, I a don't. E- bit. It wasn't even
3: my fault this time. How about that? I don't care, man. <laughs>
2: nobody, that lis- nobody that listens to our podcast expects us to stay on topic for. Uh, we
0: got through the the discography. Pretty we did quick. pretty good, yeah. 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 yeah.
2: James
1: of Cinemassacre, <laughs> I will allow you to lead off and say final thoughts on Rob Zombie.
0: Oh, I just I just love the world he takes me into of like you know monsters and horror films and just um, I just love that it's music that means nothing. Like, sometimes you want some meaning in what it is you're listening to, but what I just love about White Zombie and Rob Zombie is it just takes you into some place where it's just, fuck it, nothing has any meaning. And that was what the 90s was all about for me. So I think um, White Zombie and Rob Zombie, people don't usually, um, when people say 90s bands, they're usually thinking of... um, you know, the Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Um, me, I'd go more White Zombie, Alice in Chains, uh, Tool, Primus, Yeah, Smash the Pumpkins,
2: all the weird uh, shit. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, lo- I just love the edgy, you know, weird shit. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you kind of stole my thunder there because that's that's really similar to to how I feel <laughs> <laughs> about White Zombie and and Rob Zombie's solo career is the fact that it. You know, there's not some deep-rooted meaning, you know, and there's not some, you know, special emotional connection uh, to what he's saying. It's just fun. It's just fucking out there and just let's have just have a blast. Let's be crazy and uh, try to shock people along the way if, if we can. And mm-hmm. uh, that's exactly what I love about it. It's just that uh, you can just throw this stuff on and, and, and have a blast. And that's, yeah. that's really, really, really what I like about it. Especially, actually, really about, about his solo career. The, the first two and the last two albums, especially. Those those four albums, man, are badass.
2: Yeah. Dan, what about you? <laughs> well, uh, Hellbilly Deluxe, obviously, is like my bread and butter. And what I like about Rob Zombie is that I'm always in for something strange. And something cool, and something heavy, and the meathead in me is satisfied by the heaviness of the band for the most part. Um, the intensity of the electronics, especially in the early stuff, I really later, like. Yeah. I like the loops. I like the. I like the samples. And you know, like James said earlier, the samples are great because it's like it's like decoding a puzzle you know like trying to figure out where each sample came from and so you know i watch a lot of i watch watch a lot of old vhs horror stuff and science fiction stuff and you know every now and again it's fun to be you know just watching one of those movies and be like holy shit that's a quote from you know or that that's on my hellbilly deluxe album um i really like that and you know i'm not as big of a fan of the newer rob zombie but that's not to say that i don't it doesn't hold a special place for my heart you know if if he's coming to st louis and he's playing indoors i'm going you know <laughs> like yeah. for sure. smart
0: choice <laughs> he's one of those artists that i just follow like no matter what it's just like i will be following rob zombie whatever he's doing next i'm always gonna like check it out even if it's like you know whether it's the movies or the music like no matter what it is And even if it's, like, something that I didn't like that much, I'll be like, oh, that that one was okay, but let's see what he does next, you know? I think
1: Rob Zombie is heavy. He's rock. He's dark. He's mysterious, at least in his music. In real life, he seems to be a guy that likes fun stuff, like making movies. So, my final thoughts on Rob Zombie are it's my favorite mainstream music to dance to.
3: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I was doing with uh, Rock and Roll in the Black Hole earlier today. I was having a total blast listening to that song that's probably my favorite song of his overall surprisingly i love that song
0: <laughs> it really is good it's a really good i also love the uh the pretty filthy creatures one on there
3: yeah mm, yeah the shorter
0: one but it's like it's really heavy and it's uh it's, it's just really cool
3: <laughs> i guess we ought to do the our uh our pick of the week we normally do like uh, a band that we're listening to outside of doesn't even have to be a band it can be you know audiobook or podcast but something that we're listening to besides our our, our our artists
0: okay uh me um i haven't been uh i haven't been listening to any one thing in particular lately it's really just all over the place but it, it's tend to be a lot of like a lot of like heavy 90s music um so i like guess this, this totally fits in fits the uh you know the the genre like i've been listening to a lot of tool lately um so yeah
2: it's not like you're gonna get any new tool anytime soon
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh, i can't wait it's for that
0: the list the old ones uh they're, they're not going anywhere
3: exactly no they're they're talking about doing new music
0: they are they're working yeah, for the on past it
3: decade, decade.
0: yeah a, a really long time like i heard a detailed uh explanation from maynard and he was saying that it's like you know um Every time he, he can't really just do the vocals on it because they keep changing the music, and when they change the music, he's got to change the vocals. So he's kind of like letting them get through their process first, and once they have the music all done and ready, then he can start doing vocals. So it's kind of just uh, they just have a slower process, and that's that's the tool process. If that's what it takes to make it uh to make it awesome, then uh, then cool.
2: Yeah, I'm totally down with it. Dan, what yeah. about you? Uh, I'm going to have to just default to what I did last week because uh, I'm really a big fan of a band called The Contortionist Hmm. and uh, they have an album, they have two albums out that are really great. Uh, One is called uh, Language, which is um, so the band started off as more of like a death metal, like harsh, growled kind of thing, but what they morphed into over time um, they they changed singers uh, about midway through their career and they got a guy that was actually really good at melodic singing (laughs) and uh and so it's like real different you know because fans of that type of music don't typically react well to you know somebody coming in and singing really well but uh they put out an album called language that was just uh absolutely mind-blowing for me and it's it's mostly it's mostly uh sung vocals with like heavy um proggy guitars and um it's just really great and then they released another one after that called uh clairvoyant which was uh even you know even more melodic i think than yeah language straight was. up prog rock. yeah and uh and i really found those records really good um it's not normally in my wheelhouse i mean normally if they're not screaming i'm not listening you know <laughs> that sort of thing but mm-hmm. um this band really uh they really grabbed me by the by the heartstrings and um I've just been on a huge kick on that. I I've been mixing that up between that and Judas Priest, you know, where Judas Priest. It's funny cuz like you'd think if you're listening to this band that started off as death metal that they would be like considered heavier or whatever, but when I listen to Br- Judas Priest I'm like, man, it's just so aggressive, it's so ballsy, you know, <laughs> in comparison. And, and they
0: keep uh, up. like Priest keeps up with every decade, every genre they chain yeah you listen to a new so, Judas yeah. priest
2: record yeah yeah
0: yeah i'm that if you're talking about like what i'm looking forward to is the new priest in march i'm like i cannot wait to hear more did you hear like the the 16 seconds that they uh released
2: yeah yeah and i was like damn you release a song god damn it you know yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> <at least.
0: laughs> cool. like, a lot of fans are doing that where there's like a little like i know black sabbath with 13 and Metallica with hardwired they like put out like a like a 10 second thing before um, but yeah I, did, I heard that and was like oh man oh man I need to hear more of this I can't wait
1: so are you saying in March we can give you a call back and get your review on the new Judas priest record
0: I'm, I'm, I don't even know what's better for me earlier or later but whenever you decide to do it uh, just let me know and I'll see if I could uh, if I can come back because that's another one that's like um that's one of my favorite that's actually priest and Sabbath have always kind of duped it out over my favorite spot. But like, so right now priest is like my second, uh, I mean, hell, I even have them tattooed on my arm. So right. it's like, nice. Awesome. If I like them that much then, <laughs> but, uh, no, if it works out, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll join on. Yeah. I'll that's send
2: cool. you i uh, I'll email you after this. I'll, I'll email you a calendar of all the bands we're planning on talking about. And okay. if, uh, if something you're like, oh, my God, I have to fucking weigh in on that, um, let us know, <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, get on it.
1: Hey, Joe, what did what did you uh, have for your...
3: Uh...
2: <laughs> we skipped Joe. Sorry. No, it's, they skipped it, me, too. That's <laughs>
1: all right. It's okay. Mine's easy. Days Go By by The Offspring. Uh, oh, that's
0: a great album, too. Yeah.
1: I was not expecting that. After the Rise and Fall album, I thought, okay, The Offspring's still a thing. And then Days all Go that By that came album. out. Yeah.
0: All that dance, fucker dance song, uh, the second track... Uh, you're gonna go far kid that's a great uh, yes so yeah yeah but I, I know what you mean though overall that the rise and fall album was kind of like oh, okay but then uh days go by had a lot of good uh stuff i mean sure one of them was a re one of the tracks was a, a re-recording of um of uh, a track from ignition i believe um uh, what was that one called again oh i forget the track but one of them is an old song um I have my iTunes library here. Let's just see. Uh, Dirty Magic. That was the uh, the one. I'm pretty sure. Let me let me I just hear just two seconds of it. Let's see. Yeah, it was Dirty Magic.
1: Nice. I had to listen to a record that had a song on it called Slim Pickens does the right thing
0: and rides the bomb to hell. It's a great song too. That's that's probably my favorite one on there. And then it became my
1: favorite Offspring song.
0: It's up there. It really is. Like I, I was surprised. And, and also my favorite ones in their recent history always has to have the the line dance fucker dance in there somewhere. <laughs> right. Dance fucker dance, let the motherfucker burn. Right. <laughs> I
2: think cold Chamber did that, right? Yeah. Also. Bloodhound Gang. Bloodhound Gang and but Colt Chamber covered That was the joke. Yes, <laughs> the it was. was. on fire Yes. <laughs> it's not as good as uh not as good as cold Chamber's uh shock the monkey. It's a good way to boost your album oh, wow. up. Just call up Ozzy and have him come over and sing <laughs> yeah. on it, you know? <laughs> like That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I think I'm, I'm the uh, the weird one of the week. I actually went a little lighter. Uh, it actually, it's kind of funny since we mentioned uh, Guns N' Roses earlier. Uh, the lead singer of this band did backing vocals on a of, uh, on some Guns N' Roses stuff, and was his older sister was really good friends with Axel back before Axel moved to, to Hollywood, and that's uh, Blind Melon uh, with Shannon Hoon. Uh, dude, Shannon Hoon when he was on. I don't think anybody could touch him on how good his his vocals were. He was fantastic. Unfortunately, uh, Drugs took him a little too soon, but uh, Changes, that's like one of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, Soul One, that's another one that I just freaking love. That's on uh, Soup. But yeah, that's uh, a lot of people just, you know, think of No Rain. And, and that's a, a gross misrepresentation of what Blind Melon was. They're a much better band. They're outside of Shannon Hoon. It's a bunch of guys from Mississippi that play some really good, uh, easygoing southern rock uh, with some crazy high-pitched vocals over the top of it. So yeah, that's that's what I've been listening to this week. Besides uh, Rob Zombie, I had to balance it out a little bit. Very cool.
0: Yeah, sometimes as as you got to do that. Not just like. Change it up, uh, clean the palette.
1: Yes. Is there anything you're
0: working on right now that you want to talk about, or uh, nothing particular? Um, trying to get back to more like creative, like you know, well, everything's creative, but more like true Cinemassacre projects, like those more long-term kind of things. Like uh, you know, trying to write a feature film and see where that goes. Um, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But um, just to kind of try to uh, go forward again do some more horror stuff, get back to my roots, but also pushing the envelope forward.
1: So you're going to edit on a DVD player instead of a VHS, is what you're saying? Yeah. There
0: you (laughs) go.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, we're, I mean, at least me personally, I I was a big fan of the Playlist Junkie videos this year. Oh, cool. Um, And it was a lot of fun, you know, because like, especially if I had to like cram something or, you know, I just wanted to listen to something without having to think about it. I could just watch that video and just kind of put the playlist together and be like, oh, yeah, you know. And, uh, And that was kind of nice because I'm typically more of an album guy, but that gets really exhausting with what we do.
3: Yeah, and, actually, it, and yeah. I'm actually
2: the same way. So yeah, I, I'm normally
3: I'm cover to cover, you know, first song to last song. But mm-hmm. it's over the last year, it's gotten a little monotonous. So I've been I've been needing to break that up, and that and that has helped. That's that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Oh, cool. We also appreciated all the nerd videos we got in December because I was, you know,
0: <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. was like
2: every time I go to work because I do I work late shifts sometimes, and there's a lot of waiting periods between like what I do. Um, mm-hmm. cause I like clean, I basically maintain a clean water system. So there's like dump bleach in the water and then rinse it out, whatever. But if, like, mm-hmm. that takes like an hour two hours or whatever. And I'll just kind of sign into YouTube or go on Cinemassacre or something. And be like, holy shit, there's another new nerd video. Like, <laughs> and so that was pretty cool to, <laughs> to get to see that. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. We're, we're getting pretty prepped up for, for 2018. Um, we had a really killer first year, uh, doing this. We had no idea, you know, when we started, a, when we started a music podcast, I just kind of figured that like. There were a thousand you know how like there's a lot of movie podcasts, like dudes mm-hmm. talking about movies? We're like, well, there's probably, you know, ten thousand metal podcasts out there. And mm-hmm. uh we were really surprised at the at the warm reception and everything that we got and um We've had some really cool people on, uh, yourself included, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's it's been a lot of fun, and we really appreciate you uh, wanting to come back after the first one, and, you know, it's definitely yeah. a lot of fun, and, you know, hopefully we can get that Judas Priest thing going, because that sounds like that's going to be a... Is that a that preview sounds, for
0: 2018, Dan? That's going
2: to be... A, yeah. I think that's going to be a long one, <laughs> so...
0: Yeah, it's uh, pretty massive. <laughs> it's epic, too.
3: I mean, in a good way, so, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, sometimes you end up with the discography that we end up doing, and, we have a lot of albums and it's not hard to listen to priest it's 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 really easy to listen to their stuff
0: always different every album this it sounds different so especially like if you broke it down by decades like 70s 80s priest all sound like different bands they don't even sound like the same band yeah
2: look at rock and rolla uh, you know and then you <laughs> yeah. go to you go to painkiller you know if you just jumped all those albums to paint like holy yeah. shit like when <laughs> you
0: look at halford like when you, you look at him in this in like 73 or whatever performing rock and roll and he's got this long like curly blonde hair yeah. like robert plant or something
2: he's a hippie and then, yeah like
0: uh then you fast forward. Now it's just like a bald, like biker and the beard and everything. It's just bald, leather. Head to toe. So yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: We'll definitely get into that. Cause
3: that's yeah. <laughs> 2018. Yeah. yeah. That's a wrap. Yeah, we, 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 we might
2: wait for uh, you on that one, James. Okay. <laughs> this
1: has been episode 44 of discography discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at discuss metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion, and please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Huge thank you goes out to the man that is more human than human, James Rolfe. You can find everything he does at cinemassacre.com.